reading from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They, they hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. And from the Gospel of Mark, the 15th chapter. It was nine in the morning when they crucified Jesus. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We come now to the lowest point of Jesus' life. He had been hanging on the cross some three hours. Death was very near and darkness covered the earth. Now the darkness came a piercing cry, a cry so terrible that both Matthew and Mark gave this as the only word spoken by Jesus from the cross. There are words spoken in Aramaic, quoting the opening lines of Psalm 22 in English, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus wasn't simply quoting poetry. The, the words came from the depths of his being. They were words of complete and utter desolation. My God, why have you forsaken me? These are, these are difficult words. Um, can it be so? I mean, did God the Father really forsake Jesus on the cross? Is that possible? If God did forsake his Son, then it seems to me we must question the very nature of God. If God forsook his Son, what makes us think that God would not also uh, desert plain, ordinary sinners like you and me? Can God be trusted to be there for us at our greatest point of need? One thing is for sure, Jesus felt forsaken by God, his Father. 
He was certainly acquainted with the experience of forsakenness. I mean, everyone had a habit of abandoning him. The crowds who hailed him king on Palm Sunday quickly deserted him. His own disciples on the night he was arrested forsook him and fled. And now in his pain and in his agony, it seemed to Jesus that his Father in heaven had too. I mean, everyone else had abandoned him. Why not God? Oh, oh the awful loneliness of the cross. Jesus in his humanness is not unlike us. We too feel awfully lonely in moments of pain, of extreme suffering. I mean, what's one of the first things that comes to mind in moments of pain and tragedy? Is it not feelings of abandonment, abandonment by God? I mean, God, where are you? And how could you let this happen to me? My God, why have you forsaken me? It's a very human cry. And Jesus was human, even if he was also uh, God's son. Could it be that Jesus also felt forsaken by God because of, of sin? Of course, it was not his personal sin, but it was humanity's sin that he was carrying on his shoulders, kind of like Atlas shouldering the world. It's, it's hard for us to understand, but the Apostle Paul tells us that Jesus, the innocent, sinless one, actually became sin for us. On the cross, he carried the full weight of our iniquity and took upon himself the punishment we deserve that we might be forgiven of our guilt and find new life. And it may very well be that in taking upon himself the, the sin of the whole world, Jesus felt the separation that sin always brings. Sin separates us from God. Sin prevents us from seeing God. Sin blinds. And at that moment when Jesus became sin, he simply could not see his Father alongside him nor realize his presence. He felt the forsakenness of that incredible burden of humanity's sin. But the question remains, did God the Father actually forsake his son Jesus? Did God turn a blind eye to God's own dying son at Calvary and flee to some dark corner of the universe to play some cosmic tiddlywinks? I think not. Though Jesus felt God's absence, God the Father was actually closer to him than at any other point of his life. In a church in Gruyere, Switzerland, there is a large painting over the altar showing Jesus on the cross and all his suffering, and it's all very dark and very gloomy. But upon a closer look, one sees in the background God the Father, who reaching from heaven upholds the cross with his two arms. It seems to say that God was at the crucifixion supporting and upholding his Son. And upon even closer examination, God the Father is weeping over his Son. Did God the Father forsake Jesus on the cross? No, God was there for his son, supporting him and sharing his sorrow in his dying moment. And, and Jesus came to realize that. Yes, for, for one terrible moment, he felt utterly forsaken by God. But in the end, he came to put his trust in the God who had never left him. It's kind of interesting. Jesus on the cross quotes the beginning lines of Psalm 22, words of utter desolation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But we can imagine that Jesus went on to pray the rest of that psalm, which ends on a note of trust and confidence in God's ability to help, God's deliverance. 
I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. And Jesus' remaining words from the cross indicate that he was able to give himself into his Father's care. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. No, God the Father did not forsake Jesus. God is not like that. It, it just doesn't square with what we know of God, for God is love, and it's of the very nature of, of love that it doesn't fail. I've loved you with everlasting love, says God. Love never gives up, never deserts a loved one. Love never ends, says the Apostle Paul. God did not forsake his Son, and God cannot forsake you and me. God's love never ceases. Then, too, we know that God always keeps his promises. God has never broken one promise. Look through the Bible, and you will see God never let one person down. When the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were thrown in the fiery furnace, they were unharmed because there was a fourth man with them. God never deserts his people, even in a fiery furnace of oppression. But still, even armed with these words and promises, that God will never leave us nor forsake us, when we or when someone we love suffers, we can't help but wonder just where God is. During World War II, just after word had arrived that an only son had been killed in battle, a minister was called to the home of his parents. And the father, half in grief and half in rage, blurted out as soon as the minister arrived, I want to know, where was God when my son was being killed? And the minister thought a long time and then replied softly, I guess where he was while his boy was being killed. In moments of suffering and grief, God is not absent. God does not forsake us, but God is there reaching out to us in support, even as he was reaching out to his son on the cross, giving us strength and comfort, all the while sharing our sorrows. He weeps with us, but he knows how we feel. He, he's been there. He has walked in our shoes. We are never alone in our grief and agony. God is forever a comforting companion. And it is tremendously comforting to me to know that God did not forsake Jesus on the cross. It keeps my faith in a God whose love will never let me go and assures me that in my darkest hour, he will be with me. Thanks be to God who stands forever by our side. May Jesus Christ, who was obedient to death, even death on a cross, and who promises never to leave us nor to forsake us, guide, encourage, and protect us all. May the Christ who walks on wounded feet walk with you on the road. May the Christ who serves with wounded hands stretch out your hands to serve. May the Christ who loves with a wounded heart open your hearts to love. May you see the face of Christ in everyone you meet, and may everyone you meet see the face of Christ in you. Amen.